One of the biggest questions I'm asked is about how to get rid of negative thinking or how to be a more positive thinker. It's really hard. I've touched on some of it in the past, but I'm going to touch on some things that are very new today. And if you haven't already heard, we're doing a series and this is part three of the Healing Journey series. If you're having trouble um, getting out of a difficult place and you just feel like you finally need to heal, you need to move on and you need the tools to do it step by step, that's exactly what this series is about. Let's go. You know, I used to have a lot of negative thoughts swirling around in my head every single day. It was like a record playing over and over, and the record began playing as soon as I opened my eyes from what little sleep I had. I'd managed to get at all from the night before. Oh, great. It's morning already. I'm not ready to do this again. I'm exhausted from yesterday. When will this stop? I just, I can't, I can't wake up today. These are the types of thoughts. These poisonous thoughts started my day off on a sour note, and it usually went downhill from there. I had negative thoughts about my ability to be a good mom, to just get the average things done every day in my career or just day-to-day responsibilities, negative thoughts about how little sleep I was getting, and negative thoughts about my negative thoughts. If that sounds anything like what you've experienced, like I said, it's the way I used to be. And one of the things that helped me to no longer have that as something that weighed me down is when I understood how to change my thoughts. Now, a lot of that is related to um, the podcast before, My Two Brains. If you haven't already heard that, I know that sounds funny. Um, that one before, definitely go check that out. I've done a lot of work before on mindset and thinking. And it's so funny because I've been hooking up with a lot of podcasters lately, a lot of young girls. And it's really funny because I'm like, Hey, you know, like I love your podcast that you started up. This is pretty amazing. And Oh my gosh, like some of the things you're saying, we're so in tune with each other. And they're like, yeah, um, I made my podcast cause I was inspired by you. So I can hear a lot of the language that we use on this podcast and these new quote unquote podcasts everywhere. And it's really, really, um, inspiring to me to know that these things are helping people and sisters are taking them to other um, audiences and, and helping them with that. And that's really, really good. The whole concept of Mindful Muslima is to help us to grow and thrive and become women of impact. And so I hope that's why you join this so you could become a woman of impact and you could get away from just surviving and thrive too. It's what we're big on. And if you don't know me, my name is Mindful Muslima, mom of five, licensed educator, big auntie, sister, maybe that you never had. And we're talking in here about things that are really, really difficult, but the exact way to do them step by step. A lot of times you hear people just talk and it sounds really nice, but you want to know step by step. And that's literally what I do. I do actual steps. I have PDFs. I have different things that you could do. And today we're going to talk about the four steps to building new pathways if you have negative thinking. And um, you're going to have to forgive my voice. I'm trying not to cough even. I have, um, there was a weather change and a sleeping pattern change and it definitely is affecting my body. So I'm just taking it a lot slower, but it is there. So alhamdulillah. Um, first of all, I want to say, you know, this negative thinking pattern. There was a sister named Romesa and she came to me because she was really, really down on the fact that her parents were very difficult with her. There was a lot of criticism from them. There was a lot of yelling 
in the house. There was a lot of, you know, why didn't you do it this way? Why didn't you do it that way? And even though she felt pretty okay about herself, she didn't feel like amazing. It was definitely taking a toll on her to the point where when I would talk to her, it's almost sounded like she had really low self-esteem. She didn't realize how much it was affecting her, but she knew it definitely hurt her feelings, let's just say. And alhamdulillah, we even got two conversations about her um, in looking for a guy. At the time she was, you know, looking for that. Now she's engaged, alhamdulillah. But at the time she was looking for that. And one of the things that we talked about is that she needed to do this self-reflective work. Most of these podcast series that I'm doing is about reflecting on you. If you want to do the work, like like someone said it to me the other day with um, our mentorship program, because we have like a coaching type mentorship program that we do with women inside of Thrive Muslim. It's totally, totally free. And one of the women that went through it, they were like, look, I don't think women realize when it comes to your things, um, you get out of it as much as you put into it. So for example, there's gonna be some people listening to my podcast that they might actually sit down with a notebook and write down some of these things and do some of these things. And there's some people who are just gonna like listen while they're driving, which is fine because you're busy, but they're not going to get the same thing out of it. So if you are driving, moving, walking, that's cool. But with this series, I would say if you could take a moment and sit and do any of these, if I give you step by steps, it'll be so much better. And, you know, um, so that sister, alhamdulillah, like I said, she actually ended up going through our, um, she realized how much she needed it. As she started to reflect, she realized, like she started to uncover how much there really was with her and how much she was lacking control of her emotions and her thoughts. And she actually did the entire um, emotions course that we have. And it opened her world in the sense that she now was able to think in a healthier way. And that's why I said, alhamdulillah, finally she was able to get engaged in everything for her, it's like the baggage she's not carrying anymore into that new relationship. And that's really big. And what I want to say to sisters is sometimes when we don't have our own stuff fixed, we carry it into situations that are actually fine. I had a sister the other day call me up and, you know, a lot of women call me asking if they should stay married. Can you believe that? Not that I'm going to be able to say yes or no, right? But I do give a lot of things to think about and a lot of ideas. And because I can't make that decision for you, only you can. But I definitely, definitely um, give a lot of advice um, around getting them to know what they really want, right? So this one sister was having a perfectly fine marriage, to be honest. There were no red flags that either her or I could see. And yet she wanted to leave. And it was a new marriage. And when we got down to the crux of it, it really was that she was afraid. How many of us live in fear about what's going to happen next? Oh my gosh, is he going to hurt me? Oh my gosh, like, is that person going to betray me? Oh, the trust, oh, the this, oh, the that, because we've had such crippling experiences. And while, you know, therapy isn't something for everyone, although some people may need to feel like they, they need to go and talk to someone, there's so much you can do on your own. And, um, that's what I did. I did a lot of that healing and a lot of it was me uncovering myself, myself. And it really, really helped me. And I, I feel like if we did more of that, more sitting and reflecting, and that's what Allah says in the Quran, tadabbar. It's not just because he wants you to praise him. It is. It's actually low key because he loves you and he knows you need it. It's like we ask for happiness, but he's like, okay, so this is it. Do that. And we're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. You know what I mean? But then we don't get the happiness because it comes from that internal peace that comes from reflection and realizing and, oh, you know, alhamdulillah. And so I did that work. So if you want to do that work here, 
those sisters did them. And now that sister's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I actually was about to throw away a perfectly good marriage because I was taking my old tapes and replaying them into this scenario and the guy's not even doing that stuff. Allah forgive me, I almost left him. So we have to be really, really careful. And if we need to do that work, you need help with that work. Like I said, you could always DM me on Instagram, mindfulness, we have calls and all that good stuff. All right, so our thoughts are very powerful. They impact our demeanor. And so we're going to talk about how we can help you fix those thoughts, right? They even affect the way we treat people. Every single time, like I allowed myself to think toxic thoughts, they burrow deeper and deeper into my brain, causing me to default think that way, poisonous to myself poisonous to my family. What happens is when you do something over and over, and I talk about this, and we have a free class, by the way. I would love if you haven't seen it already. It's um, emotions free class. It talks about the trenches. And this is a really big concept that um, if you haven't heard it in a while, I'm going to remind you guys again. When you do something over and over again, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. Um, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do it. When you say it that many times, I want you to imagine you're taking a shovel and you're digging a trench. You're digging like not a hole, but a trench, like a long winding trench, you know, and you're digging, 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 digging. And it's like, this is the way now you think and you react and respond unconsciously. Remember we talked in the last podcast about the automatic self and the conscious self. You're just like doing it like automatically. So, you know, somebody's like, oh my gosh, you look so pretty in that dress at a party, right? You're like, "Mm, she's just saying it to be nice. I look fat, right? That's because we've already dug the trench that we're fat. And you know what? You might be fat. You might not be fat. Our our perception is often skewed. We often look at ourselves way worse than the average person. I was at the salon the other day, and I don't get to go to the salon often, but I do. And I don't know why. I had this thought flash in my mind, and it's again, it was from like those automatic thoughts that were like deep within. Even though I had already fixed this in my mind, I, I did have it flash in, and I had to tell it to take a hike. I was sitting in the chair, and I was like, the girl was doing my hair, and I was like, oh gosh, you know, because you know, you you look a certain way when someone's like smacked you up with makeup and like not makeup, um, water. You know, like the water and like you have like, you know, all the different things happening to your hair. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's probably thinking like how ugly she looks right now. That was the thought that flipped in my head. And then I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? Like she probably is not even thinking about you. She's probably thinking about what she's going to cook for dinner tomorrow. Like why are you being so self-conscious for a moment? And for a moment I had that thought. And I had to say like, regime, ya Rab, like um, help me get rid of that thought. And I, I did some of these things that I'm going to talk to you about today. Um, I have certain ways that I handle negative thoughts. The first thing I always do is because it's always good to get rid of the shaitan. But then there's other actual steps. That is not the only thing we need to do in terms of like the, there's some biological things we need to address. And so whatever, we'll talk about them. But my point is I too, you know, if I don't stay conscious of that. So my tip number one is understand everybody has these thoughts. These are totally normal to have. You're not bad or weird because you have them. Number two, you have to stay conscious of them at all times because they're going to come and go. And it doesn't matter how healthy and healed you are. You, you just got to stay vigilant. You got to stay awake. It's like anything else. You know, don't let your guard down 100% with yourself. Not in a negative way, like I don't trust myself, but with like, you know what, better just pay attention. Because you know what, lately I was having something happen with something else in my family. And I think that's why the negative thought creeped in. But I made the connection. I was aware. I was awake. So that, that didn't get to me and I just kept it moving and then nothing affected me. But that's that's the difference. That's the life I want for you. I want the keep it moving life. They're like, oh, that was about to drag me down, but I caught that one and I was like, smack it out the way, keep it moving. And that's that's what I've been able to do. And like I said, that's what Romesa could do. 
And um, that's what this other sister was able to do. Because when I, when I share these things, when women actually do them, I'm telling you, um, these are things that I feel like saved my life. I told you guys I was a point of suicidal and I was calling out to Allah, calling out to Allah. And I was a religious person, but I was so bogged down by the pain and hurt and the feeling stuck and feeling stuck like nothing was moving, nothing was going anywhere, nothing was going to get better. And he showed me a lot of these things. He put me under um, scholars and teachers that taught me these things. And um, all credit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the rahmah, the mercy of these tools. And so I share them with you in the podcast and whatever within our school in depth because I want you guys to know like there's definitely a way out of every problem you have. By Allah, by Allah, there's a way to fix everything. And so these things were affecting me in so many ways, right? My negative thoughts left me feeling fatigued, right? How tired is it to just think negative all day? Made me irritable, made me frustrated with everyone and made me disappointed. I wanted my children to have a really good mom but I couldn't because of my toxic kind of inner monologue at the time, right? So the wonderful news for anyone like me needs to know is that these thoughts, and do any of these sound familiar? I'm terrible at this. Nobody appreciates me. Being patient is too hard. You know, oh my gosh, my kids are whining too much. I can't deal with it. Or, you know, my parents are too difficult. I can't live like this anymore. Um, you know, all these negative thoughts, they're not, um, they're not, they don't have to dominate your life. It's actually a choice. So maybe those were dominating your life because you were unaware. And I'm going to tell you now how to be more aware and kind of what to do with it. That you have those, those neural pathways. That's actually what they are, guys. It's neuromapping. There's actually a scientific term for it. I want to, anyone like geek out on you, it's called neuromapping or neuropathways. These trenches, they get deeper each time you give attention to that thought. So you're literally giving too much attention to it, so it makes it bigger, if that can make sense. And you spent too many years giving attention, I'm too clumsy, I'm this, I'm bad at math, I'm like, well, I'm never going to be on time, whatever it is. Since the brain has a tendency to repeat patterns, because that's just the way it's designed, right? Um, it's like this vicious cycle of reinforcement, and you have a negative thought, and the trench deepens and deepens and deepens. So it takes time before the new pathways are built, but here are four steps and how we can build them. How about that? All right, so I'm telling you the key on how to like pull out of those trenches right now. Number one, identify your most frequent thought pattern. You can do this for every area of your life, but specifically focusing on the thoughts that affect you as a person. Whether it is like if you're a mom, it affects your parenting or it affects you as a wife, the way you behave, or if you're a student, like the way you are with your parents or your siblings. Therefore, pay close attention to the thoughts you have about, um, you know, yourself and other people in your life. That's the first one. Now, giving you, it's, it's a little hard to do that in your head sometimes when you're a person who's not used to doing that. So that's why I suggest that you jot them down. Um, I have told you guys about the four-point journaling. I actually, I'll put a link down below. I think we have a free PDF. We have a digital version. So you could do it on your iPad if that's a thing that you like. Um, or you could do it in an actual physical book. We have all different types of levels of it. I'll put it below. But it's something that allows you to, to like brain dump about the way you feel. Like, I feel like my mother is always criticizing me. Um, I feel like my husband never um, sees the good in me and all that I'm trying to do. He's just always criticizing me or he's giving me the cold shoulder. It allows you a place to like brain dump, but then it allows you a place to shift. We call pivot to the positive and be more um, positive about the situation so that those thoughts, and this all happens within five to seven minutes in the morning, um, so that these thoughts don't weigh you down, but you've allowed yourself to identify them. So number one is identify. And um, if you can even separately or you can do that along with that, jot down your most prevalent negative thoughts. 
and challenge them. I feel like my mother is, you know, always criticizing me, but I know she's just struggling with her inner dialogue. It has nothing to do with me or her inner story or her own problems. It has nothing to do with me. Um, her constant disappointment, it could stem from her childhood and it's most likely nothing to do with me. Like, you know, you could actually call out what the problem is and then undo it in your head. You know, my husband thinks I don't try enough, but Allah sees me trying every day and I do try. I'm a good person. You know, you could actually challenge it right there, right? Um, like even with your kids, if you're a mom, you might be like, this kid is always, you know, having a fit. You know, like, oh my gosh, my child is always like, you know, tantruming everywhere. I can't. Then you think, stop. Is this child really having a tantrum? Right? Then you establish a corrective, right? My child is really having a hard time with their emotions and they need my help. That's what's really happening. Isn't that, isn't that mind-blowing? Oh, this kid, they're always throwing tantrums. Like, they don't listen to my rules. No. Like, sometimes you have to understand, because the, the frontal cortex, like the part of the brain where the child deals with things, like, it's not fully developed. You want to know when it's fully developed? When you're 30. <laughs> It's like, I keep saying this because the only way I can think of it is a visual. Like, it's like telling a person who's blind to see. Read it. Read the paper. Why can't you read the paper? You know, somebody who's disabled to walk. Get up and walk. Why can't you walk already? Nobody would do that. That's ridiculous. But we do that with kids. Like, they really don't know how to manage their emotions. But we take it really personal. They're just not listening to me. They don't respect me. Oh, my gosh. This child, like, they need to get it together. No, we need to get it together, if I could be fair. It took me a while to realize that. They just, we are their life coach. They need our help. So instead of saying my kid's always going to throw a tantrum, you can number, you could jot down and challenge that thought. My kid is really having a hard time managing their emotions and needing, it needs my help. My, my daughter, the other day, I was talking to her on the phone, and I was like, oh, how is, you know, this child and that child? She's like, oh, you know, they're going through something right now. <laughs> That's the way we talk about it. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, they're teething. So they're having a really hard time managing their emotions. So, you know, yesterday I had to talk to him about this. And it's a different approach as opposed to like it's them versus us. You get me? Okay, so number one was identify. Like I said, we have a, a four-point thing. You could put that in the I feel section for those of you who are familiar with that. And you can even expand upon that there and, and, and challenge those thoughts right there if you feel so bold. I can I would um, say that. Number three, I would consider I'm actually I'm gonna give you five. It's four, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a bonus because I wanna I wanna bring in that Islamic context. Number three, consider the Islamic context. What does Allah say about this thing? I would jot down an ayat of Quran or I would jot down, um, how you say, like a definite um, part of what is happening and making it a connection to Allah's yardstick. Not our yardstick of what's happening, but Allah's. Birawadidain, you know, the good treatment of parents or the, the, the mercy to another human being or something related to um, children being gifts or, you know, husbands and like there's so much in the quran and sunnah and finding that islamic con stopping yourself and going whoa, whoa, whoa what does allah say about this forget about my thoughts for a minute i allowed myself to have those thoughts experience those thoughts feel them recognize them cool but what does allah say right have that moment there number f number f uh, four work on stopping those mid thought every single time this is the hardest one but this is the one if you do it it's going to have 
a huge impact. So first we've identified them and written them down because, you know, it's really easy. You have too many things swimming in your head. Guys, don't do this all in your head. Please, please don't. It's too much. It becomes overwhelming and then you don't even really do it right and it's whatever. If you're not a writer, cool. Do it on your phone. I tell people press, um, you know, the notes and press the microphone. Speak it out so it writes it into your notes. I need you to physically see it. Okay, so you're going to identify it, jot it down, consider the Islamic context, work on stopping at mid force. So like you're in the kitchen and like your child is bothering you. They're like, oh, my God, he's, he took my my truck and he broke it. And then you have to say, instead of going like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this right now. I'm trying to, you know, make dinner and my kid's annoying me. I cannot accept this right now. Like This is too much. I'm getting overwhelmed. Instead of doing that, just say your child needs you right now. My child needs me right now. My child needs right now. They don't know how to handle their emotions. Dinner is urgent, but not more urgent than helping them. This is why, you know, I wanted to have kids. So I put down the knife, carrying, <laughs> cutting the carrots or something, put down the knife, get down on one knee and say, oh, so blah, 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 broke your toy. Yeah, he broke my toy. He's so upset. Oh. I can't imagine how that feels. I'm so sorry that happened to you. You must be really hurt. Let's see how we can help you fix this. That's how I, you got to talk to them, right? You fix this. Did you catch that? Um, because we're, we're modeling for them how they're going to do it. We're not babying them, right? We're, we're, we're coaching, like I said, right? How you're going to fix this. And then we, you know, because right now you have to understand when kids get things broken, it's, it's their entire world is broken. It's the most important thing. It's like if somebody smashed your car, you know, oh, but theirs is just a toy. No, but it's their world at that age. It's the same brevity. I know that's hard to like wrap your head around, but that's the truth. And I had to do that. It's their world. It really is. And it feels like their world is crumbling. It's like if you had, if you totaled your car and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to get to work now? And that? that same emotional gut wrenching, that's what they're having. So what would you want someone to do for you if you had that? You'd want them to what? Give you a hug. Tell you it's going to be okay. It's gonna be, we're going to figure it out together. It's okay. And that's what you're going to do for the child. Right? So I'm giving the example of an library. You might have a child. I get it. But you get where I'm going with this. Work on stopping your negative thought in the moment and telling yourself that thing that you jotted down then. You know? It's not my, my parents are screaming at me from the other room. It's not that they don't love me. It's that they have their own stuff. They don't know how to voice their, you know, we're not dealing with judgment, you know? And lastly, enlist accountability. If you want, if you're able to, get somebody else to do this with you. Right? Like get like, a sister or a daughter or a friend be like, look, I want to work on this. Do you want to work on this too? I know we've both been like, you know, negative Nancy's lately, blah, blah, blah. If you can do that, since the two of you are going to go through this process together, you could hold each other accountable. You could do it between yourself and your spouse. You know, if you have an older teen child, you can sit down with them and have a sit down about this too. Look, I know it's, we've been having like a really hard time together and I want to, I want to have a better relationship and I don't want to be the one who screams at you all the time. But I think both of us are getting hurt and it's better for us to communicate this way. And then, you know, like I have a plan, like this is my plan. Watch what I'm doing to work on myself. Show them what we talked about today and be like, I, I don't know. I know, like, I don't want to give you an extra thing to do, but I, I want you to know like how much you mean to me, how much this relationship means. And I really want to have us work it out. And I, I really feel like this is proven to work for so many people. Like this could work for us. Like, what do you think? You know, talk to your teen. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. But the thing is, you know, you've done an amazing work already just listening to this podcast. I commend you for taking this important step to actually care enough to do this for your 
self, for your life, for all the people around you that you love. And just know that this stuff just takes a little time and consistency. You know how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said he loves the consistent deeds. Again, it's not just he's saying, it's like when you understand the law and he tells us these things, he's not just telling us because he actually just loves it himself. He's telling it because it's actually the key to our happiness. He's constantly giving us keys. But we're just like, oh, that sounds like a chore or something else to do. Yeah, I'll try a law when I get to it. And I'm not at that point in my life yet. We give random excuses, but we're actually just dodging the thing that will help us in the moment that we really need. You get me? So when you get these reminders, that's what that is. But just know that disciplining yourself in this way, it's something you have to take back because your brain is on autopilot. Talked about this several times in the past podcast too. So this is, we talked about the automatic self and the conscious self. This is the conscious self. This is what you're doing to slow down the automatic self and let the conscious self speak a bit more for you because that's the one that has any rationale. Right. So um, alhamdulillah, I just want you to know that, you know, these things happen to all of us. And I want to tell you one last story about something for myself so you can understand how I have come to my own revelations about these things. Even, for example, as a mom, one night after I had a long um, time getting my little ones to sleep, I sat there staring at my my one of my little kids like angelic face, the, the same one that like had like punched her brother earlier. And I had an epiphany. I had been dealing with quite a bit of stress in my work and my anxiety level was high. I was sleep deprived and I was just jumbled up. I realized I wasn't exactly being the mother I wanted to be at all. I had been a bit short tempered. I was going through some, some like motions of things that I was trying to do, um, but I wasn't in my own best self. The truth was I wasn't handling my own emotions and behavior very well. I was, to be honest, uh, being a little bit more mouthy than I should have been with everybody, a bit more frustrated with everybody. Um, I wasn't biting people or punching people like the toddlers were, of course, but my tone was a little too aggressive or frustrated. And my emotional state had left me fatigued and irritable, again, because of things happening in other areas of my life. And I said, aha, my children aren't being defiant. They're just being me. That's powerful, right? I made a promise that night to make changes. I would consciously watch my tone, speak respectfully, keep my mood in check, and behave how I wanted them to behave. In a very short time, things improved. We were playing more, connecting more, and as I watched my tone and spoke respectfully, guess what? So did they. They were mirroring me. And that's how I learned an inconvenient truth. If I expect my children to be kind, gentle, compassionate, respectful, I must be kind, gentle, compassionate, and respectful first. Children do not listen to the instruction of hypocrites. It is your own actions that guide their actions, not your lectures or your punishments. Words carry messages only to the ears, but actions speak to the heart. So I hope that really helped for you today. Just know that so much can be done for our situation. I don't care what your personal scenario is. So much of this can start within and you can start right now. So I suggest you to, don't forget, I have links below. If you want to DM me, Mindful Muslima, I'll put links for the, um, the journaling notebooks. If those you feel would help you to guide you through the process. And, um, I can't wait to see you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.